In 1839, the year of George Armstrong Custer's birth, the United States was a country of striking diversity in its physical features, its economy, and its people. There were immigrants from all over Europe and Africa, speaking a variety of languages and carrying on equally varied cultural traditions. There were scores of religions, and although nearly all were within the Christian framework, wide differences marked the various rituals. Within the two basic types of economy, slave labor south of the Ohio River and wage labor to the north, there were hundreds of ways a man could make a living. Frontiersmen, filling up the empty land east of the Mississippi River, worked from dawn to dusk to become self-sufficient. Their tools and work habits were hardly more sophisticated than those of the Indians whom they had only recently replaced. On the East Coast, meanwhile, a complex culture had arisen. American merchants, lawyers, doctors, politicians, and sometimes even manufacturers could match the best Europe had to offer. In the South, despite its political domination by the planters and the slave economy, great opportunities existed for the artisan, the merchant, the small farmer, and even the ironmaker. The land itself encouraged diversity. With the single exception of Russia, no other country had such a wide pattern of different landforms, soil types, and climate. Yet there was a unity to the United States, a unity born of many factors, of which possibly the most important was the political genius of the Founding Fathers, who in writing the Constitution had managed to achieve a unique balance between national and local interests and governmental power. If there were few national institutions, there were national feelings and traditions. Americans had unbounded respect for Republican government, a deep loathing of monarchy, and a common conviction that their country was without peer. They embraced the idea of political equality, as demonstrated by the position of the Northwest Territories, which, unlike any previous colonies, enjoyed full participation in the central government. Nearly every white American believed in the future, in the doctrine that things were getting better all the time, for individuals and for the country as a whole. Faith and ambition helped draw Americans together. So did their mobility. Although they were by no means nomads, Americans moved longer distances and more often than Europeans had ever dreamed possible. In the process... Americans came to know men of widely separate backgrounds and heritages, giving to most Americans a breadth of experience unknown elsewhere. No region of the country was typical, just as no man could be said to be a typical American. But there was one state in the United States that pulled together most of the traits usually associated with Americans and produced a blend that could at least be called representative. That state was Ohio. Its population came from both sides of the Ohio River and included people from every part of Europe and most of Africa. In 1850, out of a statewide population of almost two million, 62% had been born in Ohio, 27% elsewhere in America, and 11% in Europe. Ohio's location, fertility, and opportunities made it equally attractive to Yankees and Southerners, 
New York State contributed 86,000 emigrants to Ohio's total, while Virginia also had sent 86,000 settlers to the state. There were 36,000 residents of Ohio who had been born in Great Britain, 51,000 born in Ireland, and 112,000 in Germany. Africa contributed 25,000 free blacks to the population, half born in Ohio, half in the slave states. Taken together, Ohio had a wonderful mixture of peoples.